We all have dreams. Some people seem to live theirs while others seem to struggle. This is, however, merely a perception. What if you could get the answers you needed to execute on your dreams? Welcome to the Platinum Mask Podcast, a show designed to ask various young professionals just how they deal with their specific ups and downs. How does one young upstart navigate competing with name brand companies? Where do we get the best tools? How do we grow from our stress and anxiety? Most importantly, how do we properly utilize our cash flow? The Platinum Mask Podcast with your host, Grayson Mask. We wanted answers, so we're going out to get them and sharing them with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello to everyone listening to The Platinum Mask. I am Grayson Mask. I have with me Morgan and Devin Overton of Overton Family Jewels. And these two have a, a wide range of experiences with being able to dig up and sell uh, different types of crystals, collector minerals, gems. And honestly, the conversation started out, I reached out because I saw them on a few featured blog posts and then, you know, checked out the website. But I, I kind of like having people on the podcast and blog on just kind of subjects I'm not really well versed in. But even with those, I had like maybe some type of previous experience or some type of base to go off of. But kind of like the entire world of like collector minerals and then like tarot readings and everything. I'm like, I literally have no basis on kind of jumping in that. So, you know, I'm really, uh, you know, I was definitely looking forward on kind of doing the interview and just asking him questions about, um, you know, their experiences with that business and just the industry as a whole. So thank you again, guys, for, you know, taking out the time today to come on the podcast episode and explain what your business is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited that you invited us here. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess I wanted to kind of start off with the idea of, um, you know, how, how did you guys interest, were, were you guys very interested in like minerals at like an early age or, you know, like in your childhood, were you guys playing or digging around for like minerals? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can thank my mother for that. You know, we grew up, um, well, I grew up central Texas and where we're from, there's a lot of, um, uh, fossils and flint and arrowheads and my mom was just constantly had her head down in the ground kicking the rocks around and she bought me a little like mineral guide and it came with like these little squares of little pieces like little samples of minerals in them and that was like my favorite thing uh so that was like my first little collection of legit minerals and it just <laughs> totally grew from there. Yeah. My my grandmother when I was growing up, she was always tumbling rocks in her backyard. Mm-hmm. Little stones she'd find at the river, she'd tumble them and we'd go through that process together and watch them turn from these random rocks on the side of the road to these beautiful little colorful banded crystals. Mm-hmm. That was always really fun and then as I've grown up I've realized just recently with my family coming from the oil field, there's rocks and crystals all over my house. They're all over. My grandparents have chest drawers full of crystals and minerals they've picked up. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting how it all kind of comes back together. Definitely. (laughs) And like when you guys grew up, were, are you guys like Texas born and raised or uh, come from different states? We're native. (laughs) Yeah, we're both native. Uh, I'm from the Panhandle and then Morgan's from south of Fort Worth. mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, uh, you know, similar DFW, born and raised. Uh, so I was kind of wondering on, um, you know, growing up in Texas, what are like some of the top, I guess, like native Texas, I guess, either crystals or, you know, minerals or what's something like a lot of people don't know about? Well, fun fact, the state gem of Texas is blue topaz. Mm. So it's actually one of, I'd say probably one of the finer minerals that you can find in texas like texas isn't really well known for like producing really nice fine specimens if that Mm -hmm. makes sense but um definitely blue topaz is one of the nicer ones you can find pyrite lots of gypsum mica uh what else yeah i mean that's pretty much it a lot of it's used a lot of the stuff they're pulling out of the ground in texas is used for industrial purposes Mm -hmm. So they're pulling gypsum out of the ground to make our drywall for our house. (laughs) Or they just might stumble across a pyrite cluster or a pyrite vein in the ground when they're building a new building. Yeah. That happened with DFW Airport. They pulled giant clusters of pyrite out of the ground. And some of those are sitting in really fine collections. Some of them went home with the pipeliners that were pulling them out of the ground. And that's how we actually got our favorite piece of pyrite yeah we have a little piece of pyrite his grandfather got yeah. from dfw and they broke ground out there so septarian's a big one too mm-hmm. but the blue topaz i know uh, there are a couple public digs out in mason county kind of near uh yano which is a couple hours outside of austin yeah yeah mm. And was like Mason County the, cause I remember seeing on TikTok, you guys had like a, I think it was like a fail where you guys broke like this mineral in half <laughs> or something. Was, was that like the area that you guys were out at when you did that? That was in Mount Ida, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. We were up in the mountains in Arkansas and we had, we had partnered with the mine owner and he let us come in and do a commercial dig. Mm-hmm. So they offer public digs. You can go up there for 10, 15 bucks, dig around in the dirt tailings and keep what you keep. But these commercial digs, they let you go in with the big heavy machinery. We walk out with five gallon buckets, you know, maybe 10 or 12, five gallon buckets every time we go. Mm-hmm. And we're pulling giant, massive crystals out of the ground. And that's where that broken fail came from was this mm-hmm. huge, beautiful cluster we found. And then right as we're picking it up, it just half of it falls off. I know. It was so sad. Like my heart was so broken. I hate it when that happens, you know, but that wasn't even the largest one we broke. It was just the, mm-hmm. the only one I got on video. Mm-hmm. It's the cats. <laughs> <laughs> and like Sorry. with those situations, um, you know, I know with your business, how, how have you guys been able to, um, I, I guess like start contact or maintain connections with, I guess you have to have connections with like mining organizations or something, right? For your business. So, so hmm. kind of starts out like you kind of meet one miner and then they introduce you to their mining friends or they say, Oh, well, there's also these guys and these guys and then that guy's brother and that guy's cousin. And yeah, before you know it, you're involved with this, small network of small family miners across mm-hmm. the world who all support each other. Mm-hmm. They'll hand out each other's business cards, so to speak. And you, you build those connections and they just keep growing and growing. It's like a ladder system. Like eventually we'll meet the final boss and we'll have just the biggest, baddest there is. <laughs> and I know like with you guys um, website, I remember kind of seeing on 
the bio that I guess like maintaining those connections and digging ethically was very important to you. And I was kind of wondering if you guys wanted to expand on that because uh, kind of some of the most recent stuff I conversations I had was kind of related to clothing on like sustainable fashion, how that's kind of trying to go against like fast fashion because, you know, they want to do everything on a better environmental basis. I was kind of wondering on, you know, it, how that was kind of from like a mining and uh, mineral perspective. Yeah, definitely. I mean, kind of like in um, the clothing and the coffee bean industry, mm-hmm. uh, there's always going to be bad practices. I mean, we're talking child labor, you know, workers who aren't being paid fair wages, like it exists everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, to be ethical, you really have to work hard to make sure that, you know, where the crystals are coming from. And with us working directly with these families in the mines, you know, we can kind of see firsthand and no, we're not able to make trips there every single year, like some people can, but Mm -hmm. at least they're sending us pictures. We're FaceTiming with these people. And uh, in some countries, we even have some agents that are there in our place to kind of make sure everything's going okay, which is really cool. Yeah, they talk to the miners and they walk through the manufacturers and they'll send us live video and we'll talk back and forth, make sure everything's going right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Inspect our pieces for us. They know what we expect out of quality and out of, you know, just the the ethics behind making sure it's done right. It's a big deal to us. Mm -hmm. And with like the agents in these countries, um, what's like typically, I guess in the industry, what's like the most notable countries as far as like, I guess the biggest like mineral exporters. Um, well, it's funny we're talking about ethics right now, and you just said the biggest mineral exporters. <laughs> Afghanistan is actually one of those. Like they're one of the biggest, mm. con- or they're not a big country, but they're one of the biggest mineral exporters. And right now, I mean, as you can see on the news, like there's a lot of problems over there with the Taliban mm. kind of taking over. Uh, so I think using Afghanistan is like a perfect example in that. Um, they've been producing some amazing minerals for decades. And with Mm -hmm. the Taliban over there, they've kind of pushed those families out or kind of taken over their minds and forcing them to work for them. What Mm -hmm. they're doing is they're taking these minerals and they're shipping off to countries such as China to remanufacture them and sell them to other countries such as the UK, the US, and wherever they want, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to be really careful in that, knowing like, where they're coming from. Like, even though this, let's say this mineral here came from Afghanistan, like how was it obtained and what part of Afghanistan did it come from? Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these small company or countries, um, the small families in the countries, Lapis specifically, Mm -hmm. it being the mineral um, is a good example. These families have been mining this material for years. The Taliban came forcibly pushed them out, took over their mine. And these families had to leave the country with whatever they had already dug up. Yeah. So we have a family that we buy our lapis from in Pakistan, who was one of the refugees that left Afghanistan when it was necessary, took tons of this material with them. And we buy it direct from this small family that lost their entire mine and their family mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Where somebody that's buying, you know, overseas from China may be getting something that's pretty unethical and um, can compromise the integrity of our entire industry. Yeah, I know there's a big thing going around like Twitter and TikTok right now. Everyone's saying ban lapis, but it's really just like there's so many more minerals other than just lapis that come from Afghanistan. Like 
I, I love that people are passionate about trying to solve the problem, but we have to focus mm -hmm. on more than just the lapis. <laughs> but yeah. there is lapis coming from other ethically sourced places. Um, I think one of the countries that we get some of ours from, uh, Bodikshan. Oh, Bolakistan? I think I'm mispronouncing it. But <laughs> yeah, it's Bolakistan. It's a state in Pakistan, and that's where our family is from. Mm -hmm. With like the uh, talk of like agents in international countries and um, really collecting some of these gems, is there like a country you guys have in mind that maybe you don't have an agent in yet, or you know that would you think it would be really cool to be able to check out for, um, you know? new types of minerals or gems like one that we don't have an agent in is that what mm. you asked Ooh, um i would love one in for me it would be morocco we actually have a family we're really close to them they live here in the u.s but they um their their family and their workers are actually over in morocco mining and producing and then they send everything over and that's where they kind of manufacture everything and then we get it so i think morocco for one is a very beautiful country there's a lot of minerals coming out of morocco right now mm -hmm. i think it'd be really cool either to partner with him or find out if he has an agent maybe i don't know that's yeah. just for me what about you no i think morocco would be a dream trip for us to go and, and almost bypass the agent and just work directly and then Brazil is another one where we have agents in Brazil that we import through. But if we could take a trip to Brazil and go meet the miners ourselves, it would just be a whole new experience. I, I think that's what we're working toward. We're right. working on it. He's yeah. he's pushing for us to come down there. Yeah, right he now. is. Yeah. In the in the past, have you guys ever done anything like that, like on traveling to some of these countries and uh, you know, like going past the agent and meeting anyone? Not yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we've done some international traveling since we started the business, but we didn't have the connections in those countries mm. that we had been to. Um, we're just now finding ourselves at a level where we're starting to plan all these trips around the U.S., around the globe to meet mm. these people and go and do their public mine digs, but also just meet the manufacturers, work out these larger contracts mm -hmm. so we can offer a bigger service to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And like with the uh, the state of your guys' business in right now, I know you guys do um, like Facebook Live and be able to post um, galleries there. But I guess when the business started, what was like the main, did you guys have to go to auctions or um, festivals or what was like the main, um, you know, source of customers? So when we first started the business, it started out with Devin had a huge mineral uh and gem like gem quality lapidary like lapidary pieces yeah, gemstones yeah, gem, yeah thank you gemstones and he was making really fine jewelry out of that so he got a lot of his customers from like the fine jewelry side and then i had little cute you know like little dainty handmade pieces made mm -hmm. from like little rocks and we started going to art festivals because we used to sell artwork so we're like, oh, well, let's put some of our stuff in our art shows and see how that goes. And it did really well. And people wanted to see bigger and better things. So we put, what did you say, like our personal collection out first? That's pretty much exactly what we yeah. did. Yeah. We started off with our personal collection at these art festivals where we were also showing our artwork. 
that ended up turning into this snowball effect where eventually we quit selling the artwork altogether. Now we're fully mm-hmm. focused on crystals at these events. And right when we were getting ready to go full in on the crystals and minerals, COVID hits. No more in-person events. We both end up getting, well, Morgan got laid off from her job. I ended up leaving mine. Mm-hmm. And we had this idea of doing the Facebook live videos and we just went full in a hundred percent and jumped off that cliff. Luckily we're still floating, but that's been kind of the story of how it all came to be was a force of nature a little bit. When you guys originally mentioned and touched up on like the idea of uh, really starting off with jewelry, is there any like, uh, you know, gems or minerals you recommend if someone wants like earrings or a ring or something like as compared to like a diamond if, for anything? I'm so glad you asked. So <laughs> I'm only because I'm very passionate about it. There's lab grown diamonds that exist. And they're, they're diamonds that are grown and manufactured in a laboratory. Other than the fact that they're mined in, or they're created in a laboratory, they're exactly like a mined diamond. There's absolutely no difference other than how old it is. So these diamonds are going to give off the same light dispersion. They're going to have the same chemical composition, the same crystal structure, the same hardness, but that age is going to be a little bit different. And they're about 60 to 80% less expensive. 100% ethical. You don't have to worry about where they're coming from or how they're mined. And um, for anybody looking for really nice jewelry like that, I push lab grown all day, every day. It's my absolute Mm -hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think too, like, if, I think like I agree with you with somebody looking for a diamond, you know, like they're getting engaged or maybe have a big anniversary coming up, right? Yeah. And then there's also like, there's a few people out there that just like, I don't, I don't like diamonds. So I think for that kind of person, like, well, what do you like? You know, I think you need to find what speaks to you. Um, I mean, we got, we got rubies, morganite. I'm not just saying Morganite because my name is Morgan. I, I it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> stone, <laughs> and it looks good in any setting. So I would say it's really personal for some people. You know, I mean, you can't go wrong with a diamond because a diamond does last forever. Whereas, like a Morgan, I even told him when we got engaged, I was like, "Don't don't buy me a diamond ring. I want something different. I want a Morganite." And he's like, "I'm not giving you a Morganite because it's gonna fall apart." I know how you are. You are like rough with your hands. And I'm, I'm glad he got me a diamond because had he not, I probably would have shattered it by now. <laughs> yeah. You can put alternative stones and rings and jewelry, but you have to be aware of how often are you wearing it? What type of environments are you wearing it to? Are you going swimming? Are you going to be out in the sun all day? Because opals can't be in the sun all day. They're made of silicone and water. They'll dehydrate and they'll crack. Mm-hmm. And if you have some of these other stones that might be like an emerald is treated with cedar oil. If you get that in a chlorine pool, that cedar oil will dissolve off of the emerald. Now you have this porous stone that's going to crack the next time you touch it. So you got to be mindful and, and pick stones that are very hard, very hard to scratch, very durable. They're going to last through those times if you're trying to put them in jewelry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Save your fragile minerals and crystals for your curio cabinet. Put them on display. Collect them. Or for fun outings, like the one gala you go to once every five years when you 
get that ticket, right? And I can finally yeah. wear I can wear my ruby necklace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like on the subject of durability, I, I wanted to ask because I I remember talking to someone about like I, I guess like the idea of um, I guess stone cutting or gym cutting. Do you guys like do that yourselves or does uh, like the miners do that or is there a middleman or how does that go? Definitely a middleman. Yeah. So we, we have faceted gyms that we've, we've carried for a few years since we started and we still have most of them. We, we don't try to sell the faceted gyms. We sell the crystal carvings and the fine minerals, but we don't cut those ourselves either. We have the manufacturers that have the blades and the saws and the machinery that's able to do that. It'd be cool if we could learn, but that stuff is hard. Yeah, all it, respect for the people that do that. Seriously, like when y'all see those faceted gemstones, applaud whoever made it because it's very, very tough. And it's very tough to set it too because you got to be so careful not to crack it when you're trying to set it. There's a lot of work that goes into those beautiful jewelry pieces. Yeah, it's a dangerous industry on the, on the back end. <laughs> And I, I definitely appreciate all 10 of my fingers. I'm not trying to lose any. <laughs> and like, uh, I, I guess we're originally, we guys bringing up like being for the business to be able to um, focus more on gyms and get away from the kind of original artwork. I remembered seeing like on the website and another part of your guys' business being, um, you know, related to tarot cards. Was that right? Yeah, we do sell tarot and oracle cards as well. I think um, over the years, we've had a lot of people say like, Hey, you know, do, you, do you sell any tarot cards? Like, well, I have my own little collection, but maybe we can look into that. And we started with a very small collection that we sold. Uh, we started with a partnership with us games and it kind of grew from there. So now we sell a lot of, um, we have a really, I, I feel like a really big collection for a small business. Absolutely. From U.S. Games and Llewellyn. And we have one independent artist. Her name is Megan Warweden from The Creeping Moon. So she's our one indie artist that we carry. And I'm I'm very proud of her stuff. Mm -hmm. And like with, uh, I guess when people are kind of bringing up like the tarot cards when they're coming to your guys' table, is there a reason why I guess those two communities of, um, you know, kind of crystals and tarot cards that why it seems like they collaborate a lot or why there seems to be uh, a lot of similarities or, um, you know, that both groups kind of uh, collaborate on a bunch of different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that people use tarot and Oracle, like kind of with the same mindset. So the cards offer guidance. Um, they help enhance your intuition, which a lot of people like in the met, in the metaphysical side of the crystal and mineral business, uh, mm. that's kind of where those go hand in hand. And I mean, Devin said it earlier. He goes, "It really helps you find your confidence in your direction of life." I'm like, "Oh my god, you're so right." I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to it in the same in the same realm, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you guys like have, I guess, personal stories of like the meta metaphysical benefits you've gotten from the crystals or have you had any clients that have like mentioned any stories? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of times in our live sales, I'll, I'll pull out, um, what's one of Lemurian quartz. I had a bunch of Lemurian out mm. on the table 
And another example was we had some Libyan desert glass and some Moldavite. And somebody was like, oh my God, can you feel the vibrations? Like, I feel like I can feel it through the phone. <laughs> Which I know they were like making a joke, but you know, I do hear those stories and we do get some really cool feedback from people sending us messages saying, you know, I, I could feel the energy. Uh, you know, when I saw it, I had to have it. And the second I held it, like I just immediately felt you know, however, which kind of way that they felt. Um, so I think that's really, really cool. You know, I, I truly believe that the crystals are meant to go home with, who they're meant to go home with, you know, it's um, like, it's fate almost. I think like you're drawn to something, you should buy it because the energy I think does call to you. And I do believe in the law of attraction, <laughs> like it, it exists for a reason. So when people tell me like, you know, this really worked for me because X, Y, Z, um, a lot of our, we have a, I shouldn't say a lot, a couple of our customers are Reiki, Reiki healers and masters. Mm -hmm. They buy a lot of their crystals to do their work and to put in their office. And I think that's really, really neat too. Mm -hmm. And like with, uh, with that kind of business, I know, I remember kind of seeing you mention like your tarot card artist and uh, the organization you do business with, with, I remember kind of seeing on like one of the Instagram posts where you guys kind of mention, uh, you know, that you like the business because it's authentic, uh, um, cards. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, uh, you know, how, like, you know, how you qualify that or, you know, what are some brands? Um, how do you distinguish between like what's authentic and what's not, uh, authentic when it comes to, you know, those different card brands? Yeah, definitely. I mean, first things first is buying directly from the publisher, like as a retailer, um, we have to buy directly from the publisher or as an independent artist, such as Megan buying directly from her. Now, somebody like Megan, she does have her retailers and she has them listed on her website. So that's another way, like if you do find an independent artist or an independent uh, tarot or oracle deck, you can even go to that artist's website or their Etsy, whatever they might have, and authenticate who their retailers are. Not saying that everybody does that, but I know for a fact that she does. And uh, I'm really proud that we're one of the one of her few people here in the U.S. that do carry her her cards. So yeah, definitely buying from the publisher or directly from the artist. Some, it's really sad because we do see a lot of fake cards on the market these days. Mm. Basically what's happening is um, China is getting a hold of the decks and they're reprinting them. And for somebody who isn't familiar with Tarot or Oracle, they might not be able to tell the difference that Oh my gosh, this came from some guy in China who is printing this. And so some of the things you can look out for is the packaging. You know, the packaging honestly kind of looks like crap. It kind of looks like it's coming out of like a cigarette carton. Mm -hmm. I know Devin described that one time. I'm like, oh my gosh, it does look like a cigarette carton. <laughs> uh, the size, they are noticeably smaller. One good example, if you check out our website, is the, the Green Witch Tarot. I mean, the mm. box is huge. I mean, it's like the size of a, what would you small say? Small textbook. Like, yeah, like a small textbook. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the ones that are being printed, the fake ones are the size of 
a cigarette carton. <laughs> the cigarette pack. Yeah. yeah, or a pack. Sorry, not a carton. Not a carton. We a don't pack. smoke. We're not familiar with terminology. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and then they have QR codes. A lot of them have the QR codes that say, you know, scan this code to get your guidebook. No, like every deck should come with a guidebook, a physical mm-hmm. guidebook. But what sucks about Megan's deck, Anima Mundi, because those are being sold as fakes too. They're actually printing a guidebook, which was a shocker to me because I had not seen that in the, you know, in the ingenuine ones. But when you open it, like there's some misprints in there, like words are spelled incorrectly. The printing is like, you know, like where they staple the binding. Like it just, it looks like crap. Like obviously this didn't come from an independent artist who put so much work and time into printing her stuff. So that's another thing to look out for. And then the price point, like most tarot, authentic tarot is going to be around usually between 18 to $30 and up. There are some more expensive ones out there. Um, and the the fake ones are usually sold anywhere between 10 and 15 bucks. So that's another one. And a lot of times a publisher name isn't anywhere to be found on there either, because I think they know that. I don't know. Maybe they can come after them a little bit harder if they're had their name been printed. I'm not sure. I, I have no idea what they're thinking when they're printing these, but it, I don't know. I'm a little bit passionate about it because, you know, being artists ourselves, you know, like the artist and these publishers, like they deserve the money. They're the ones who worked hard for this. Why, why is it going to go to some pirate guy out there? You know, it's just like people who pirate movies, right? Like it's a crime. It's not okay. Like who wants that bad energy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like on the, is it similar on the other side of the aisle with like, uh, with the inauthentic like pirating of people with tarot cards? Does that happen in like the mineral or gym world? A it, little it, bit. It does. Yeah. It's few and far in between. Um, I, I think crystals with their natural uh, natural structure, their natural beauty, are very hard to replicate. Uh, we we do have one that we have that's pretty fake, and we knew it was fake when we bought it, but we wanted to see it and test it and figure out how they did it. And it's this geode that's bright white crystals all throughout oh, it. The geode. And on the inside of it, there's these bright blue electric lightning blue crystals sticking out of it that are each about an inch long. Looks like a demorderite spray. Yeah, it looks like this mineral called demorderite. And that's how it was sold to us. It was demorderite quartz. And we get it home. The first thing we do is we pull out a UV light. And you can see the glue on the inside of this geode where they dropped these crystals on there to make it look like a spray. And we've encountered a lot of other collectors out there who got scammed on the same con from pretty much the same people. Yeah, they're taking like this $15 geode and selling it for 200 bucks by adding a synthetically grown little blue crystal in there. Because when we first saw it, I thought, no way. There ain't no way that this is demorderite mm-hmm. in a Moroccan geode. So, of course... We're like, we have to buy it and test it. <laughs> this will make great content. And was there was there like a specific website you guys checked for when you found that, Geo? We did look around the internet to see if anybody else had it. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I found one person on Mendat who had posted it. And a couple of pe- people had gone on there and said, well, like, I'm not really sure what this is. I've never seen it. So we thought, okay, well, either... 
it is truly a new find and this is something special or is some people just scamming yeah. others? Mindat, Mindat is a great website that people use for reference to mm-hmm. authenticate their crystals or minerals. It's a, it's an open sheet forum where people can go and talk about the discoveries they've made, research other discoveries other people have made. And it, it's kind of this... Um, I don't know. Very scientific. Like they're very factual. That's why I like them. They're to the point. They don't like a lot of trade names, which is fine. Um, I don't mind trade names personally, but they're just all about technicality, scientific facts. So online ethical mineral library. (laughs) 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 When you guys like said authenticate like the mineral so you can go on there and like check to see if you have like a fake or how's that Um, it's really hard you know you can go on there they do have some forums you could post a photo um of course not everybody on minda are experts when you go on the forums but there are a lot of people who are very knowledgeable who could possibly help you but you know taking a picture of your item that you have in question and uh, just make sure it's like a natural lighting with a plain background. You know, we have our little Facebook group that we run called OFJ's Crystal Castle. And I always encourage people. I'm like, if you have something that you need help identifying, post it in my group. I'd be happy to help you. And there are a lot of knowledgeable people in my group, same as Mindat, that can uh, at least try. You know, they're not going to guarantee anything, but at least you do have some knowledgeable people who are trying to help you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Has there been any uh, like photos within the Facebook group that you're jealous of, like that you, someone else caught it? Like got the identification? Uh, like they're able to find like some type of like valuable geo or something that looked uh, really cool? I'll tell you right now, um, we have our personal crystal collection and we, we are collectors that happen to sell crystals to fuel our own addiction. That's a fact. <laughs> a lot of our buyers, a lot of our community and our, our crystal family, they're collectors. They've been collecting long before they met us. They might be collecting long after they know us. So their personal collections, some of them take up entire walls of their house. They're just amazing and fantastic. And they do. They're constantly posting pictures from their own collection. And we're like, well, we didn't sell that. That's cool. We got to get our hands on some of that. That's some pretty mm-hmm. stuff. I'm trying to think of anything specific. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I do know for sure, like like Devin said, these people are posting like five, and I'm not exaggerating, five minute videos of them walking through their house, showing their walls covered in crystals. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is bigger than our little studio with all of our crystals. That's insane. Like that, that is something I think, that I could be jealous of, you know, just having that much energy in your house is, I bet it's phenomenal. Like that's really cool. And some of these people have been collecting for years and others, they did all that in three months. <laughs> With like the collection in your guys' house, is that, do you guys have pieces like that, you know, that are really highly valid to you guys that like you would not sell no matter like who came up? Oh yeah. I think my favorite piece I have in our collection right now, above all the others, is this piece of pyrite that was given to me by my grandmother and my grandfather um, just a couple weeks before my grandmother passed away. And he had found it while working on the 
the job site and brought it home. That's for me is my most personal piece that has that really tight. And it's not the biggest crystal. It's not the most expensive crystal by any means, but it's the most, it has the biggest story behind it. And I think that's a big deal for a lot of people collecting crystals and minerals is you focus on the story of where you got it, how you acquired it and who got it for you. You meet people. Yeah. So you, you meet these people and you have stories behind these crystals. You have families that you create and you end up finding these amazing opportunities to, to grow your own family, which is pretty cool. That's my favorite. What about yours, Morgan? Here's that piece. No, that's really cool. Huh? Yeah. This one's mine. It's this. How much do you think this thing weighs? Like 15 pounds? Yeah, just about. This is one of our first uh, giant quartz clusters. It's about 15 pounds, about a foot wide by seven, eight inches, and probably about seven inches tall. But we mined this, Devin and I, together in Mount Ida, Arkansas. So, of course, mm. like there's some sentimental value behind this one because it's like one of our first big pieces that we got together. And I mean, look at this. This thing's badass. <laughs> <laughs> I think together, collectively, we have one piece in our collection that's it, it's a pair of amethyst geodes. They're about five and a half feet tall. Mm-hmm. And they're the darkest, brightest purple we could find. And we had searched for a couple of years before we found the right ones. My babies. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're pretty passionate about our collection. We like it a lot. Mm-hmm. With like the mining projects that you guys do, is it like in Arkansas? Is it normally like, is there organizations that have like things set up or do you guys have to do some form of tracking when it comes to like finding mining spots or how does that go? really it's really just more word of mouth i think well i'll I'll say this a lot of the minerals that we find or even the ones that we plan our mining trips around our future mining trips they definitely involve more than just me and morgan trekking through the mountains looking at the ground Um, we partner with people that have already done the work they've already found the claim they've staked it they've got the rights from the county or the city or the state and they own the mineral rights to that land and they've already found the vein and we go in behind them and basically help them dig it out, help them find it and pull it out of the ground and clean it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've taught us a lot along the way too. like, like you do find your vein, but within that vein, like there's a lot of work that goes into it, you know, certain things you need to look for. So they've taught us a lot of that too. And yeah. You have to have, you have to know the right place to set the dynamite to explode the wall. <laughs> You have to know the right place to hit the pickaxe to pop it off the wall correctly or the right type of dirt, the right color right or color. feel of dirt uh-huh. that has mm-hmm. certain minerals inside of it that you can pull out. Once you find that color and that texture, you just follow it and then might take five feet. But once you find it, you get big boys like this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And like when you guys are out in these areas, uh, I remember seeing videos of... Uh, it seems like you guys are big into geocaching. I was kind of wondering on, um, has there been any favorite spots for that? Oh my gosh. My favorite geocaching is like in the woods. I like, I've been geocaching for probably 15 years. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, a lot has changed in that time. 
So for me, it's like, I like the big ammo cans in the middle of the forest, like that you legitimately have to know how to follow a compass (laughs) Mm. because you don't have service, right? Like you get your coordinates, you got to follow your compass. Those are, those are my favorites. So definitely find your big state parks. My personal favorite would be Cooper's, is it, is it called Cooper State Park? Cooper's Rock. Cooper Rock State Park in mm-hmm. West Virginia is my, that's my favorite. What about you? I think one of the biggest attractions to geocaching for me is every geocache that you find that you go and search for is a, its own little mini adventure. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's never expected. You never know where you're going or what you're going to find. And every time you find these caches, there's usually a container big enough to leave a gift in. And you kind of take a penny, leave a penny type of thing. And we always leave crystals. <laughs> it's either going to be arrowheads, <laughs> little crystal points that we find ourselves. And I, I think that's really special. Um, there's been a couple of occasions where geocaches, little geocaching adventures have actually led us to crystal mines. And it's these private reserves that are owned by the landowner where they, mm-hmm. they're aware there's a geocache on their property. And they allow people to come on and take pictures and mine for crystals as long as they don't tear it up, leave it better than they found it. And we found some really cool crystals doing that and some stuff that's in our personal collection still. I'll give you a hint. There's one in Jesseville, Arkansas. I'm not going to tell you where, but it is on a crystal mine. (laughs) I guess I have a long drive tonight then. (laughs) We'll meet you there. No, that's, uh, you know, has geocaching like gotten, I remember just doing like in the DFW area, um, like a few years back, has it like gotten better over the years or, you know, with your 15 years experience with geocaching? It's gotten, I don't know about better. I, I think like there's more now, you know, cause there's, mm. they have what are called micro caches and they're just these tiny little logs that are literally the size of your fingernail. <laughs> hmm. So it's cool. Like just when you have like the, the venture heart of looking for something like even for me, even those tiny little logs, even though they're not big ammo cans with a lot of swag in them, it's just cool. Like when you can find something by following some directions and a lot of geocaching, um, the biggest part of it is, you know, it's, it's all about the environment. So it's learning something new about the placement, you know, whether it's history or environmental help, whatever it might be. And the one of the bigger things, too, is like cleaning up your environment. So you'll see what are called CIDOs. It's cash in, trash out. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, go in, find your cash. If there's any trash laying around, clean it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's cool. It, it, it's the learning experiences that I love as well, like learning the history of your city and, oh, dang, I didn't know the, the tree across the street was, you know, 3,000 years old and that it's going to die because the city doesn't want to take care of it anymore. You know, like those are some things that you can learn when you're geocaching. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of wanted to ask to wrap the episode up. I wanted to just ask with the business is there any upcoming or ongoing projects that you guys are looking forward to when it comes to either with the crystals or tarots or you know anything that you guys want to let anyone know about your book 
Man, I'm so glad you asked. Okay. (laughs) Well, we have two books that are on the way. Mm. One is myself, Morgan, and then actually one of our collectors that we met in our community. Um, She buys a lot of her crystals from us. And we've all partnered together and we're making a OFJ, or Overton Family Jewels, Master Crystal Collectors List. Become a master collector. I didn't know we had a jingle. It has about 250 minerals in it, all listed out. There's bullet points on history of minerals, how they got their names. The world's largest geode is mentioned in there somewhere. And um, it's, it's kind of a cool collector guide for someone just to leave on their coffee table or in their curio cabinet to pick up and make sure they got everything they want to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be ready here in about two months, hopefully by the end of the year. Devin has worked very, 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 very hard on this. He has put his soul into it. It's been fun watching him put so much into it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I also have another book that I'm writing. Um, it's, a, it's a guide on how to buy diamond engagement rings. And mm. the idea is that I, I take somebody that's never been to a jewelry store and knows nothing about diamonds. I give them a basic education. We run through that, and then I walk you through the sales tactics they're going to use on you in the jewelry stores. I give you the information to arm yourself so you're dangerous when they start trying to convince you to buy the diamond right there on the spot, or they may be trying to do something unethical, like talk bad about their competitor's business. And I I teach you ways to look for that and how to negotiate the best value. There's also a chapter in there that pits a few jewelry stores together and make them compete each other for your business. So that's going to be really fun. Um, we've handed it over to the editor. We're about five months out on that project being completed. Can I talk about our dreams? Of course. There's one more, <laughs> one more project coming soon. We are going to be partnering with a, um, a nonprofit that helps plant trees because we do understand, you know, when it comes to mining and even packaging crystals that it, like our carbon footprint does need to, it needs some help. So we will be uh, putting some of our profits toward planting trees in the future. So everyone can look forward to that. I'm excited. Devin's working on maybe some cards to hand out for our business and let everybody know about that, that you know, even though like, yeah, we print a lot of paper for your invoices and we use a lot of paper to pack your crystals because we want your crystals to get home safe, unbroken. So it takes a lot of packaging material. Uh, we're trying to find ways to offset that carbon footprint. So that will be coming soon too. I'm I'm very excited about that. Yeah, big deals. Yeah, Definitely. Well, I wanted to thank you both again, Devin and Morgan, I thought this was uh, a really cool chat to kind of my intro to this entire industry and this entire world. Um, I definitely need to check out the um, either one of the Facebook lives or come out if you guys are ever at a festival or something, check out the collection. Um, no, that'd be really cool. But thank you again, guys, for you know coming on and not just explaining your business, but just the industry overall and just the competition when it comes to crystals, gems, we got to talk about tarots, geocaching. I thought it was uh, <laughs> definitely, a, a, definitely a wild collab, but thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah it's fun. We, we have fun with this and appreciate you. And 
I don't know. It's it's good. I hope you do come check out Alive. Like we have a lot of fun in there, and it, it gets a little wild sometimes, but that's all a part of the fun, I think. Yeah. Just <laughs> enough profanity and cute humor, crude humor to keep it interesting. Mm. We, yeah, I mean, look at the name of our business. Look at our logo. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about us. Oh, <laughs> so the Crystal community is uh, definitely a party community. Oh, um, yeah, especially in our, we call it the family, the, the Overton family. Uh, once mm. you kind of join our group and our life sales, like you become a part of the family and we all have a really good sense of humor. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you guys again. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Platinum Mask Podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the PlatinumMask.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at GrayMask12. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through maskgrayson at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, raise a glass to success, no matter how you define it.